really matters? That might be the most important question you can ask. So let's talk about it. Welcome to What Really Matters podcast, Everyday Spirituality with Karen Wyatt. Thanks for joining me here today. This is a special episode. I'm kind of uh, inserting it in between two of my regular episodes, but I just couldn't wait to have a brief little conversation with you. I'm recording this on Sunday, August 8th, 2021, and August 8th, according to astrologists, is called the Lion's Gate Portal. It's 8-8. And supposedly, astrologically, it's this opening of a portal. It's during the sign of Leo, which is why it's called the Lion's Gate. And I don't really understand much about it because I'm not really into astrology. I don't really follow that. But uh, so, so I have not never really paid any attention to special dates and changes in the cycles of the moon. Um, All of that kind of goes over my head. But I do receive emails from Matt Kahn, K-A-H-N, who is a teacher who um, dwells a little bit on the periphery of some of this astrological information, talks about it at times, and sometimes Uh, what Matt talks about is too far out there and too woo-woo for me, but I have had a lot of really profound uh, inspiration from him as well when he's talking about healing ourselves and and healing our woundedness. So a couple of days ago, I got an email from Matt that included this activation, he called it, um, that we could read to ourselves for the Lion's Gate portal. And apparently, the Lion's Gate is a time when there's an opportunity for a lot of creative energy to come forth and abundance. And it's a great time for shifts to take place. But I didn't know any of that before. So I read Matt's activation a couple of days ago. And then yesterday, I was inspired to read it again. And today, I woke up and wanted to read it again. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to just paraphrase it um, very much so because I won't use the kind of language that he uses. I'm just going to kind of tell you what it consisted of. He suggested that we use this time, this Lion's Gate time, a time when there's a lot of creative energy and shifting taking place to step into our highest selves. And he describes it as the highest selves possible for us at this time. He also even describes it as if our higher higher selves exist in a parallel universe almost, and that we can choose to step into that place where we live from our higher selves. So what I understand is that our souls, our higher consciousness is always with us, always part of us. It's just that most of the time we don't live from our higher selves and the wisdom that our higher selves have gathered about life. We live from our egos or our lower selves, our lower minds. So when we relate to other people and our work and uh, strangers, even our loved ones, our family, we're usually operating from the ego level, which is where we get ourselves into lots of trouble because our egos consist of the wounded part of us and the self 
centered part of us that's that cannot really see the bigger picture or the the bigger aspect of life and why we're here. Our higher consciousness can appreciate, though, the fact that we're here for something much bigger than we understand, and, and we're part of all of this, part of all of the universe, and we share that with all other human beings, but also all other creation in the universe. Our higher consciousness can grasp that. Our lower consciousness cannot and doesn't do well trying to to contemplate that. So Matt is suggesting that we use this time to focus on shifting into our higher consciousness and operating as our higher selves in the world as much as we possibly can, rather than operating from our egos or our wounded selves. He says that when we do that, every time we live and and operate and act from higher consciousness, we will be living our life purpose, even though we've never even figured out what our life purpose is using our own minds. So even though we don't fully understand what the heck am I doing here? What is my purpose actually? um, We may understand that we have an outer purpose we've chosen for ourselves as a career path or as the day-to-day activities that occupy us, but we may not fully understand what our inner purpose is here in this life. He says, as long as we're operating from from our higher consciousness, we will be living our life purpose. And even if we don't know what it is and have never figured that out, even if we can't recognize it from moment to moment. And he says that We can trust that if we're acting from our higher consciousness, the timing will be right for us and others, the timing of our actions. It will be in the highest good, and we will do things that fit in with the flow of goodness in the universe. And we can trust that we will offer other people what they need. He mentions uh, if they need greater connection with us or more space from us, we can trust that we will feel that and we will already be offering other people what they need. We don't have to try to figure that out with our minds. We don't have to figure out how can I change the people around me? How can I influence them? How can I teach them or share with them what I know? It will come automatically to us when we're operating from our higher selves. He says we will also be able to offer others the compassion, mercy, and kindness that they need automatically. We don't have to figure that out or force ourselves to be compassionate. It will flow from us when we're in our in our higher selves. He says we can also be witnesses to the pain of others, which is the one thing most people really need in order to heal. They need someone who will sit with them through their pain, be a witness and create a safe container for them in order to heal. And we will be able to do that. We will know how to do it. We will offer that with with the right timing, as long as we can stay in our higher consciousness. Then he goes on to say, if at any time we start to feel overwhelmed, 
which I think is really common for all of us on this spiritual journey. And particularly, we might feel overwhelmed with pain and sorrow and suffering and grief when we look at the world around us. We're overwhelmed with fear about the climate change that's happening on the planet, fear about COVID. We're overwhelmed and dismayed by people who don't seem to be caring for themselves in the way that we feel would be the best best way to do that. And we are helpless. Sometimes our loved ones are making choices that we don't feel are in their best interest, but we can't change it. We can't do anything. And we may begin to feel overwhelmed and exhausted as we are confronted with all the suffering and all the pain that's out there. And As I mentioned, we will find ourselves being witnesses and creating a safe container and safe space for that pain when we're living from our higher consciousness. But uh, Matt acknowledges there might be times when we begin to feel overwhelmed with all of the negativity that's around us in the world. He says to take that feeling of overwhelm as a reminder that we need more self-care. We need to look after ourselves better. And so it will be time to step away a little bit and think about what do I need? How do I take care of myself right now in this moment? So I think that's really a great reminder. Anytime that we start feeling, you know, I'm actually, I'm reading posts on social media all the time from people who say, you know, I just had a conversation with my sister and I I hung up and started crying because I'm overwhelmed with how differently we see the world and the fact that I can't even connect with her and it's killing me. Um, so, you know, that's a sign take a step back, do some self-care. And so here's this really beautiful thing that Matt said in this email, every time we care for ourselves, we are sending out ripples of consciousness that benefit the whole, that benefit all of creation, that benefit all of the people that we care about, that we feel helpless to to make changes with or to connect with. Just by taking care of ourselves, we are actually sending out these positive vibes that may be affecting other people and helping them understand how to take better care of themselves. This was a revelation to me because uh, my whole life I have been reluctant to take care of myself in a sense because I felt that there was something worthy or moral or good about sacrificing myself. I believed in that. I believed that that's what I would be a better person if I could sacrifice myself and not care about myself, not view myself as worthy of my own time and attention. And so I've been working really hard on trying to change that mindset and that attitude and to understand that if I don't take care of myself, I cannot help anyone else. And all of this is wrapped up in what I talked about a few weeks ago about self-forgiveness and this new track I'm on of working intentionally on a daily basis of just forgiving myself and letting go of these old attachments to the past and old judgment and self-blame and even self-hatred that I've been carrying within me. So this message from Matt about the power of taking care care of ourselves came at just the right time. 
when I've been doing a lot of self-forgiveness work and when for the first time I can actually hear what he's saying, that taking care of myself doesn't deprive someone else of the time and energy and attention I could give them. It actually benefits them. It actually benefits everyone else if I do take care of myself. And now I'm not talking necessarily about overindulging myself. Self-care means when we really tune in and we offer ourselves the love and compassion and kindness that we need. So I'm not talking about an ego-driven or ego-based greed and desire for more material things. Um, I'm not talking about that. I don't consider that self-care. It doesn't necessarily come from a healthy place. It may come from fear and from feeling scarcity and feeling like I'm not enough. I'm talking about self-care that comes from genuine love and genuine self-compassion, genuine regard for myself, and genuine appreciation for what I have been given for for what life has brought to me, for what I bring to life, and how change is possible when I appreciate and have gratitude for what my life has consisted of, and I'm willing to be a channel for that love and gratitude and abundance and joy to flow through me to others. So this idea of self-care is how do I step back for a moment and let myself get nourished again and filled up again? Because maybe I've been trying too hard to fix the problems outside of me instead of allowing my higher consciousness to put me in the right place at the right time with the right energy and the right words to say when I need to be there. So um, this was like, it was like a stunning breakthrough for me in some ways. And I would say the work I've been doing on self-forgiveness, which was also a breakthrough from just, you know, a few weeks or a month ago, um, really primed me to hear this message about self-care and to remember it is okay if I do what my my intuition and my higher self says I need to do for myself. If today is a day when I just need to go for a walk in the woods, that's what I need. That is what is going to ground me. That's what will inspire me. That's what will fill me up. It's okay to do that. So, um, and this, again, this way of thinking is new for me because I have always just been a workhorse. I've believed in hard work and work every day all the time. And you don't take time off or you don't do anything fun or enjoy yourself until all the work is done. But the problem is the work is never done. I can always think of more work to do. So for me, this is a huge revelation. Maybe it doesn't resonate with you as you're listening to it, but if it does, I hope you'll stop and think about it for yourself as well. And I can put a link in the notes to the message, if I can find it, if I can find a way to share it, I will, the uh, message that came from Matt Kahn. So what I'm, what I'm working on right now is 
is trying as much as possible to just allow myself to be in that place of higher consciousness, my higher wise self, and listening to the guidance and the wisdom that comes from my higher self in every moment and following that as much as possible. Now, of course, it isn't possible to always be in that place in every moment, but trying when I when I fall out of it and when I'm operating from ego, trying to recognize that as quickly as possible, trying to just love myself back to a place of higher consciousness and forgive myself for whatever mistakes I might make when I do fall back into my ego-based lower consciousness. So here's something I just, I want to tell you that followed from all of this. Um, If you've listened to me and my other podcasts or followed any of my work, you probably know that um, a lot of my spiritual journey and definitely my journey around working with uh, end of life patients began after my father died by suicide. That was a huge, profound, life-changing event that completely broke me apart, devastated me, really tore apart everything that I believed in and understood and put me in a place of starting over again to learn to understand what the world is about and what I'm doing here and to really start my spiritual journey over again. And so that happened many years ago. And uh, I've been working all this time kind of diligently as a result of that experience. However, I have not always had the greatest comfort with contemplating suicide itself. I've been able to talk about uh, how I've grown after my dad's suicide death, but I have continued over these years to have a lot of pain around the topic of suicide. And at times I found it triggering. Um, At times I found it brought up feelings of guilt and old grief about my dad's death that I hadn't healed yet. And there has been for the last couple of years, this awareness in the back of my mind that I need to talk more about suicide, that that is part of my contract in a way, that that's part of why my dad's death was important in my life, that I have been learning all these things and on this incredible journey and path in order to get to a place where I can talk more openly about suicide. So here's something that happened. Uh, Just, let's see, a couple of months ago, I was asked to teach for a class on thanatology, and I had submitted my proposal for what I wanted to teach about. I wanted to talk about spirituality at the end of life, and I wanted to talk about helping people find meaning, love, and forgiveness at the end of life, which are things I talk about a lot that I really value. Well, my topic got rejected, and I was like a little surprised and shocked. Like, why did you ask me to teach? This is what I teach about. This is what I talk about. It's what I care about. Why did you even ask me then if this isn't what you want me, want me for, you know, get someone else then. And um, the person who invited me said, I would like you to teach on suicide and 
uh, she had listened to a podcast series that I did several years ago about my dad's death, where I uh, actually explored a lot of the factors in his life that may have contributed to his suicide. She had heard that and she said, um, I want you to teach about suicide. And I was so resistant to it uh, inside of me. First of all, I was angry that she rejected my chosen topic. And, and also, I was resistant to the idea of speaking about suicide in front of a big group of people. I just didn't think I could do it. I was actually terrified that I that I, I couldn't handle it. I wouldn't handle the emotion that would come up when I tried to talk in a public way and as a teacher about my dad's death, even though like I can talk about it in these podcasts and I can mention it when I'm interviewing someone else, I can bring it up, but to actually be a teacher in front of other people face-to-face and discuss it with my heart wide open and hold myself together in order to talk about it. I wasn't sure that I could do it. So, but I did. I created um, a workshop, which I taught for that group of people. And I got a lot of feedback, like, and I told them this is the first time I've, I've really done teaching like this. Um, going in this deep into talking about um, my dad's suicide and using that as a lens through which to look at suicide in general. And um, people were really surprised and said, you know, but this is like amazing. How is it that you've never talked about this before and you need to keep talking about it? I got that message really loud and clear as I was teaching the course. And yet still, I felt a reluctance inside of me like, oh, no, no, thank God that's over with. I can't, I don't want to go back there again. I don't want to have to talk about that again. But subsequently, so here's what happened yesterday, just yesterday, I got a message from someone who attended that class who said, um, can you, will you teach it again? Because I, I need to see it again. I need to hear that message again. I need to bring other people to hear it again. Is there any way you could possibly teach this again? Um, because so many people need to hear it. And it was like a, a bolt of lightning hitting me <laughs> with like, duh, Oh, for a few years now, I've had this message in my head that this is what I should be teaching about. And I've been resisting it and saying no to it. And suddenly, everything fell in place. I was reading this activation from Matt Kahn, where he was talking about, like, let go of your old contracts and be willing to step into something new that is waiting for you. And it was like, bam, my old contract, my old contract to carry with guilt and pain and horrible grief, my dad's death and to never never be able to rise above it and to never be able to fully utilize it or uh, bring it to the good in my own life. Like that was an old contract. And I am finding myself suddenly willing to let go of that and able to. So what has happened as a result of that in the last 24 hours, I've decided that I do need to teach that workshop again and make it open to anyone who would like to attend. And 
So it's called Surviving the Aftermath of Suicide. And I've set a date and time. That was my commitment. I'm going to, and that's why I'm telling you, so you can hold me accountable. Uh, Thursday, September 9th, I'm going to teach it at 1 p.m. Pacific time because that makes it available for people in the UK and other countries. It tends That tends to be a convenient time when people can listen, but it will be recorded. So anyone who misses it at that time can go back and listen to the recording. And it will last about two hours. I think I have a couple of hours worth of material and I will ha- make it interactive and have um, time for comments and, and questions. Um, And so I made a commitment that I'm going to do that. And that is part of letting go of this old contract of that I'm going to spend my whole life feeling guilty and blaming myself for my dad's death, that I am now I'm stepping out of it. I'm not going to carry my dad's death in that way any longer. I'm done with that. I mean, thank goodness, it's been a long, long time now. Um, But This is what I'm ready to do now. So I'm telling you, so you hold me accountable September 9th at 1 p.m. Pacific. I will teach this workshop and see where it goes from there, but hope that it will be helpful to people. And it's come to my attention in so many ways that we need to be able to talk about suicide and we need to be able to talk honestly about it and all of the emotions around it. And also, how do we how do we live with it and how do we heal from it for all of us who have experienced it? So that's where I am. And I thought I would share this little story of this powerful awakening and activation for you uh, in hopes that maybe maybe it will um, inspire you as well. And oh my gosh, just now as I'm speaking to you, I had this, I remembered that last night I had a dream in which I saw my best friend from high school, Kathy, who died of suicide um, when we were 29 years old. And um, Kathy had bipolar disorder and chose to end her life. And wow, gosh, I just remembered I had that dream and I saw her in the dream. And she said, uh, we need to talk. I'll be in touch. Wow. Powerful. So these messages are coming to me. It's going to shift things for me. And I'm going to, I'm going to pick up the mantle of, um, maybe what I've been prepared, preparing to teach for my whole life. So, um, so that will happen. I promise. I promise I'm going to do it. Um, so I don't know where you are. I don't know if anyone's listening. I suspect actually that no one's listening (laughs) to this podcast right now, which is fine, but I'm sharing it partly because now I've made it real that I'm going to do this workshop on suicide. And I, um, Thank you. If you are listening, I appreciate you being there as my witness. And uh, if you're not there, I still know that putting out these words into the universe and sending out this ripple of consciousness is going to have a positive effect on everyone around me. So I'm not even attached to the idea of whether anyone hears it or not. It's all okay. So I'm sending you so much love and a reminder that love is why we're here. 
the only thing that really matters from day to day. If you can focus on nothing else every single day, think about love. How do I bring more love into the world? How do I love myself more? How do I love people around me more? How do I simply open myself to be a channel for love? And then remember to face your fear. That's how you heal the woundedness of the past. Be ready for whatever life might bring you next. And just love each and every moment that life offers you. Bye-bye.